I've been blessed already by our Sunday school lesson. I think we all could say we have to look at that lesson and really look in the mirror and and, uh, really think about it because it applies to all of us. Uh, It was good to, to have that exercise this morning, that lesson. And very uh, real to uh, leaders as well, homes, fathers, and as I stand before you, I will acknowledge, yes, it is, it is uh, so important to be real. It is very important to be real, and God's people have not always been real. But I, I also thought of uh, King David and many of uh, the men of God that were not always living up to what God expected, and there was a way of redemption. Praise God for that, right? There is a way of redemption. It's not like one mistake and we're done, but uh, it's all about a heart that's, that's right with God. And so thank you for that uh, lesson and uh, thoughts. I was encouraged to think about that. Just a, a, a little update. I usually start by uh, uh, bringing a, a little glimpse into life in Shenandoah. And uh, things are, people ask me, how are things in Shenandoah? And, and uh, I usually say good. Or as good as can be expected. Uh, it is, God is good to us and we are we're experiencing God's work there. It, it does feel good. Um, I think last year or two years ago, we were uh, short in teachers, and I think we were waiting right up until the last several weeks. And uh, if any of you have been put in a spot like that, I, I think it is a good experience. I've talked to some that experienced that, and then God provided, and wow, we stand back and say, wow, God is good. And then I've asked one who shared his testimony, would you want another experience like that? He said, no, not really. <laughs> and uh, that, that is how God works. So, so this year, all our teachers are coming back, and we have one need for another teacher, and we have a promising lead. Just did an interview last night, and so uh, we may have all our teachers in place before the school year is over. So now we don't even need to pray. Or do we? I think you know we do. And uh, it is times like that maybe that bring a bit of laxity into our life or areas where we can grow uh, cold and, and not trust God uh, in the same way. So that is, is a blessing. Um, one thing... Uh, that happened. Uh, our church has been getting the chicken pox. I think that's been going around down here too. So their families are getting together and children sucking lollipops and some want it and some don't. And, and so it's been a real experience. we uh, not sure if we should have a prayer meeting because some didn't want it. We had little babies. And so we never thought that our school teachers might get it. And so now... <laughs> Our uh, school teacher, Dawson Boss, uh, got it this week, and he, he got it about as bad as a person can get it. And so, um, 
one of our other teachers hasn't gotten chicken pox yet either. And so, so God always keeps us uh, on our toes, I guess you could say. So that's a little bit of a trial this week. And, uh, and that's the reason why we need God. We, I appreciated that song, Eddie, the last song, Every Hour I Need Thee. And yeah, I was singing that, you know, how true it is. I just need God every minute of the day. And, and we need God so much. And that's the, the message I want to bring to you all, myself included, is a watchful prayer. I'm uh, just finishing a uh, series of sermons on spiritual warfare from Ephesians chapter 6, and it ends with prayer. Whether this is uh, part of the armor or uh, not, I'm going to uh, suggest it, it is, and, and it is uh, part of a good soldier is one that is fully armed. And, and as I read this again, I think it's the second time I preach through Ephesians chapter 6, and I would want to do it the third time and the fourth. It is, uh, it's just been a real blessing to picture your, uh, your Christian life as a, as a battle and, and you as a, a soldier that's fully armed. And you read through the, the Ephesians chapter 6, the armor, and it is all areas that uh, are to be areas of growth in our lives. Faith. How many of you feel this morning you need more faith? How many of you feel you need uh, truth and are on a search for truth? And I want more truth and truth. We need truth today. And, and I feel like I need more truth and more faith and... Uh, feel like the fairy darts are very real, so we need faith that's a growing faith. We cannot be growing lax uh, in our faith. In our The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the rhema of God. We need to know and be assured that uh, the Word of God is quick and powerful and that we are able to use it, speak it authoritatively, and speak it in times of... of uh, Need. We have uh, eight students from SMBI at Shenandoah this weekend, and, and it was good conversations last night around uh, danger in, in the Christian experience. One of them was in the experience where the firecrackers went off in, in the church and, and the response that happened. And we had some good discussions on uh, what does that look like and what would you do in a situation like that? Would you be a soldier that's strong or would you... Uh... And, and we... we uh, at Shenandoah have had discussions like that as well. And there's, there's several things that we come up with uh, that there is, there is power in singing Always remember there's power in singing and, and the spoken word. The rhema of God is powerful. and We can speak the word of God in, in all situations. It, it's a fully armed soldier is what we're describing here at going into battle and facing some, some hardships and, and times of difficulty. 
This morning, we want to picture this soldier as one that is uh, prayerful, falling down on his knees, if you will, or or, uh, just standing up and lifting your hands to God. How many of you are comfortable with that or or whatever your your prayer life looks like? I would like to just stop and and, uh, ask you to consider your prayer life and, and what it looks like. What does your prayer life look like? Do you have times when you just lift your hands to the Lord in the middle of the day and sing glory, hallelujah, praise be to God and start singing and, and just in, a, in a, a way of worshiping God? I hope you can relate to some experiences like that. Or falling down on your face before the Lord. We have uh, in the Bible pictures of that falling down before the Lord in, in prayer. So a good soldier is one who is uh, praying, one who has a prayer life, one who has a good communication with God. And that's my, my uh, desire this morning is to encourage you in your prayer life. Whatever it looks like, maybe it's weak, maybe it's in need of uh, help. May this be an encouragement to a good prayer life. Watchful prayer. You can turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. It's where the text uh, we'll be looking at this morning, Ephesians 6, 18. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Praying always with all prayer and supplication and perseverance for all the saints. So continual prayer is my first point. Picture here someone, a soldier that is always praying with prayers and petitions. The early church was a praying church, and it says this about the early church. They all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. In Acts 6, 4, it's there uh, when the deacons were ordained. It says this, uh, the apostles said, we will continually, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And so they made the decision there that they could not sacrifice the preaching of the word to serve tables or all the needs within the church, and that was where they ordained the deacons to serve tables or do all the, the, uh, the ministry demands that, that come in church life. And the apostles were giving themselves to continual prayer and preaching of the word. Now that's Amazing to think that uh, their assignment was described that way. I'm not sure if my commitment is is deep enough to the preaching of the word and prayer, but I I, I leave that as a challenge. And and I want to talk about and think about uh, what does continual prayer like look like? Is this really uh, possible to pray always? As the Bible says, praying always. Is this possible? 
for us today, for anyone here, can you really say that you pray always? Continual prayer. What about going to work? And what about uh, all the things we do? and Some of the activities we enjoy and families get together. Can you think about every experience in your life as prayer? Or can we really be people that are praying always? As it says here, praying always. We could talk about the closet. Jesus said that uh, when you pray, enter into your closet. And, and what he meant there was get a private place. I don't know how many of you have a private place or a place that you like to go. You wish you could spend more time there, a place. If you have a place, I think it's wonderful. Just a, a place. It might be your, your study. For me, it's my study. It, it uh, can be... In the basement, I have different places that I like to go. Uh, I, I like to get alone, and I don't want someone coming in and uh, disturbing me. And if I know I have a place that I can just be alone and I can do whatever, I can jump up and down and I can clap and I can just sing with Jesus and I can do whatever. I don't have to worry about anything. I would love a place like that. Now... Family life is real, and mothers with children, you, you, you cannot just take hours away from a, a baby that's crying, and, and this message needs to be balanced. But uh, a closet, I, I believe we should have a closet, but we cannot spend all our life in the closet. We need to, uh, we have school teachers, we have missionaries, we have uh, things to do and places to go, and I, I wonder sometimes if we have too many things going. Any of you ever feel that way? I wonder if we have too many places to go and too many appointments. And I don't know if it's my age, but I just want a little bit of less appointments and a little bit less. Not all taken away. I don't want to sit around and do nothing, but just a little less. Back when I was growing up, there was weeks that we didn't go away. And I don't know if that's good either. But maybe we can just balance this life somehow, just a little bit, just staying home and going out in the backyard and playing with the children or whatever it is. But my point here is we cannot spend all of our life in the closet, so how can we pray always? And, and I would like to suggest that John Wesley said it well, and, and, and I think he makes the point that we can be praying always. We cannot be... Uh, always in an audible prayer all the time, but we can always have a heart that is ever lifted toward God at all times and in all places. Would you agree with that? So that is, is really a spirit and attitude of prayer all the time. We can't say, now I'm going out uh, to uh, disc golf this afternoon or I'm going to go do something enjoyable, whatever it is, and we can't be in an attitude of prayer then, yes, we can. Always, even at work or when you're in meetings or whatever, we can have a heart and a posture. It has to do more with the, the attitude of your heart and what's flowing out of your heart and your connection and your desire for God. 
You can be driving down the road, and I do this many times, and I can be just in a, a spirit and an attitude of prayer, and, and yes, sometimes I will, I'll just be preaching the word of God, you know, a lot of times, driving down the road. I wonder how many people ever saw me just preaching to, and just uh, praying and preaching and just in a spirit and attitude while you're driving alone. And there's many, many opportunities. So that is, I believe, the first point here, praying always, I believe it has to do with your, your heart. And it was said in our Sunday school lesson this morning, what's in our hearts will eventually come out, right? Our heart, what is in our heart, and what we would love to, uh, to do and, and talk about and all those things, it eventually does come out. So let's leave this as a challenge to pray always. Always have a heart that is panting after God. Always have a heart that is longing for truth. Always have a heart that is, is wanting more. Always have a heart that longs to hear the voice of God. Always have a heart that uh, whether going through a difficulty or whatever it is, schedules that are not making sense or un unmanageable schedules or this comes in and that comes in and you have this accident and chicken pox and everything else and nothing's working out and just have an attitude of prayer and, and, and God, a need for God. My heart is always lifted towards God. That is a picture of continual prayer. Petitions, with all prayer and supplication for all the saints. And I believe here we have uh, a prayer list, if you will. I don't know how many of you have a prayer list, but I would like to give some suggestions here. We, uh, I have my prayer book along. I just started this prayer journal, and I like it. Uh, the men in our support group at church, going through uh, a book, Disciplines of the Godly Man, or the Godly Man, and we're spending some time on prayer. We're just talking about how our prayer life looks, and uh, one of the things he suggested in there that really helped him is having a prayer journal and writing down uh, Specific things. So in my first page, I have verses and scriptures about prayer. And there's many that you can keep adding to it. And then I have my first and primary prayer always is my family. So I have my wife first and our marriage and then each of our children. And now it's our grandchildren and so a busy schedule sometimes, I'm guessing that you all would confess that some days start and your, your, your schedules are, you're behind the schedule, you need to be there five minutes, you're five minutes late already, and your prayer life, your prayer time with God is short. And maybe you're out the door and, and you didn't even do it. And so I, I would like to suggest that your family should always be first. And if you're rushed for a schedule, you get through that the best you can. And if you need to be at work and you're late and whatever it is, uh, you can pray on the way to work. But, but your family, I think 
your family should know that you're praying for them. And your family, your children and your grandchildren should know and be assured that you're often praying for them. Second is the church. And that's what it's saying here for all the saints. We should be a praying church. And your uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord should know that you are praying for them and, and be assured that you you pray for each other and write down specific prayer requests. Ministries in the church and the ministry, new believers, and you can make your list as long as you want. Next is missions. We have a, a lot of families serving in the mission, which is a blessing. Maristan has a lot of missionaries out in the field and and uh, Roger and Becky and Jason and Jamie and Philip and Deanna they should all know that you're praying for them and, and make it a point it's your duty and just tell them call them one day and say I'm praying for you today and just make a list and make it may not happen every day but it's your duty. It's our duty to do that. Uh, we are in the process of uh, sending a family. Riley and Katharina are, are available, and Lord willing, we will send the family to to the country of Laos. Our little church in Shenandoah is embarking on on sending missionaries, and so pray. Pray that doors will open up and, and I just want to encourage you to start a prayer list. Salvation for the lost. I have a page here for salvation for the lost and those that are not saved. Uh, and then sickness and hardships. You have a list, but, but I just share that uh, with you because I think it helps when you, when you have something written down and you have these uh, petitions and these requests that are regularly part of your prayer. I think uh, the closet time can help you concentrate and, and avoid distractions, and also a regular time, and then a written uh, prayer request, or just some suggestions that I give to you to uh, hopefully benefit your, your prayer life. The second point I have here is praying in the Spirit. What did Paul mean when he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit? I'd love to hear you all respond to this question and this point that I want to uh, attempt to explain what I think it means to pray in the Spirit. Does the Spirit pray for us? Do you join together with the Spirit of God in your prayers? Does God care about uh, your prayer life? What does it look like to pray in the Spirit? A couple scriptures that maybe shed light on that uh, is Jude 1.20. It says, Beloved, build, building yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And there you have another scripture, praying in the Holy Ghost. And I think the best scripture that sheds light on this is Romans 8, 26 and 27. I'm going to use that scripture. You want to turn there for a picture of praying, what it looks like to pray in the Spirit. 
Romans 8.26, it says this, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray, for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. Praying in the Spirit, I think here uh, we have a picture of the Spirit of God groaning. Did you ever hear the Spirit of God groaning for you? Or what does it mean when the Spirit of God groans? We have all creation groaning and travailing in pain together in the, in the verses before that this. All creation has been affected by sin in the fall and the whole creation is is like groaning and travailing and waiting for the the revelation of the sons of God. There will be a a, a great redemption to this earth. If I understand this right, there's a a groaning and there's the trees are subject to disease and earthquakes and all the the ways that uh, creation has been affected by sin. And it says in those verses that there will uh, creation will be redeemed into the, the liberty of the children of God. So there will be a release coming one day when Jesus comes back where the whole creation, we, according to the promise, look forward to the new heavens and the new earth, right? Uh, a redemption. No more earthquakes and no more weeds and no more thorns and thistles and no more crop failures and no more all of this that we go through today. Praise God, I am looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. I'd love to farm in that setting. Plant your gardens without weeds and beautiful fruit that grows and apples with no disease and all on and on you can go. That's what it says here. The whole earth, creation is groaning, waiting for that experience. Now that's a deep subject. I'd love to spend a lot of time there. But that's not my message this morning. Now we have a picture of, it says in verse 23, not only they, the creation, but ourselves, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, we also are groaning within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to with the redemption of the body. So we are groaning as well. Are you groaning this morning? How many of you are groaning and longing and waiting for the redemption of this body? This permanent, this uh, temporary tent that we live in, one day will repl- be replaced by a permanent body that's made to live forever. So there's this groan, and the more aches and pains we get, and the more diseases we get, and on and on, we, we just get tired of this sometimes when we get older and older and older, more aches and pains, and eventually this body wears out. But there is an inward groan for all believers as well. And then, the scriptures that I read, the Spirit also is groaning. Verse 26, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So I think there's the picture of praying in the Spirit. We see the Spirit of God groaning. 
connected to our struggles and connected to our pain and connected to our difficulties, the Spirit of God helps us with our infirmities. Helps us in our weaknesses. And there's times, how many of you ever felt like you don't know how to pray? Or the words just are not there? Any of you ever been there? This circumstance I don't understand. I don't even have words. Maybe I'm just falling before the Lord and groaning or crying or weeping or whatever the situation is, but there's times when we face situations like that. And the picture that I have here is the Holy Spirit helps us. For we know not what we ought to pray. We don't know how to pray, but the Spirit knows how to pray. And the Spirit knows what we're going through. And the Spirit knows what you're feeling. And the Spirit of God comes right alongside. He's right inside of us. And He begins to groan. He begins to groan and groan and <laughs> to the Father and helps us with our prayers. So I like to picture this as praying in the Spirit. The Spirit joins us in our prayers and it has everything to do with your heart being right with God and connected to God and crying out to God. It has everything to do with the Spirit of God living inside of you as well. The Spirit of God is there and joins us in prayer and he, he infuses his prayers with our prayers. And I like that picture where the Spirit of God is interceding for us and interceding in prayers with groanings which we can't utter and we don't understand. In verse 27, he said he... he Praise in, in harmony with the Father. He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. So he that searcheth the hearts, there is God. In verse 27, and he knows the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for us, the saints, according to the will of God. So the Spirit of God and God the Father are together and the intercessions are according to his will. And then we have the great verse we all love, verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So praying in the Spirit, I think, involves a heart that is right with God, a heart that is, is open to God, a heart that is uh, following God and right with God in the Spirit of God sometimes. Uh, will do the praying for us. It doesn't mean that we never pray, but uh, the, the Spirit of God will join us in our prayers and then we can pray in the Spirit. There might be other applications of that, but I believe that is the best way that I understand praying in the Spirit. So praying always, praying in the Spirit. And last point, is watching, watching, watchful prayer. Back to Ephesians chapter 6, it says watching. Watching. 
watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication. So watching is the state of being awake. And watching is a spiritual condition where we are in, tuned in with God and we're watching alert, spiritually alert. We are not sleeping, but very alert and very... Uh, tuned in to uh, what God is doing in the world and what God is doing in our life and what God is saying to you in your experience today and, and what God wants from you and all of those things, we need to be watching and we need to be listening so we can hear and uh, know what God is saying to us and what he wants to do in our lives. Matthew 26, 40, it says, and he came unto his disciples. This is the context of uh, Jesus in the garden. He came unto his disciples and he find them, he findeth them asleep and said unto Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch that you do not enter into temptation. So there, Jesus found his disciples sleeping. And I believe sometimes he finds us asleep as well. We get tired. Maybe we're not uh, tuned in spiritually to what God is doing. We can fall asleep or get drowsy in our spiritual lives. And Jesus was in a point of extreme temptation here in the garden where he was tested and tried and he surrendered his will to the father and he was he was really needing uh his disciples around him and surrounding him and he had to go through it himself he had to to endure the night alone and he went back three times to his disciples and said could you not watch one hour We sing the song, Sweet Hour of Prayer. Jesus said, could you not watch with me one hour? And I think there's a, there's a lesson there that uh, an hour of prayer. Back to a time. Remember when we were in Israel, uh, the Muslims in Jerusalem, the great city of Jerusalem, the Muslims have their, their uh, mosque there and... It was uh, amazing to me to hear their, their bells go off and their, their, uh, they, they have their hour of prayer. And everybody comes together. It was a time of prayer. And, and I realized that our prayers, our religious experiences without God can be empty and, and lacking meaning. And, and I believe that is their experience. But I have to admire their devotion and their schedule and their commitment to prayer where they recognize the power of prayer and they're, it's empty because they don't know the Lord Jesus and they don't know uh, God, but at least they have a, a time of prayer and they have a, an understanding of, of prayer. Watching. My niece, uh, Carl and Rachel, 
are uh, in the hospital for four weeks. Their, their uh, daughter is going through a liver transplant and it's uh, four or five weeks they've been in the hospital. It's a very trying time. And one of the doctors is uh, a Muslim and he mentioned something to them that uh, your people need to keep praying. And I, I was so encouraged by, by that report that he recognized the prayers of your people and the, uh, there is healing happening now and she is improving, but it was a long journey. They were not sure if uh, she was going to accept the liver transplant. But my point here is, do we really recognize prayer and the time of prayer, watching in prayer? Also, watching for the Lord's return. How many of you are looking forward to the Lord's return? I know that this is a message that keeps on sounding again and again and again throughout the ages, ever since Jesus' uh, ministry on the earth. Uh, it's written in the Bible that we're to watch for his return. And the church has been watching and waiting for 2,000 years but I believe it is something that uh, we should all be looking forward to and we should be watching. There's a, a parable. Jesus gave the ten virgins where five were foolish and five were wise. And the wise went and bought oil and they had oil in their lamps and their lamps were burning. The foolish, they got weary and tired because the bridegroom tarried and they went out and slumbered and slept, and they didn't uh, continue to watch. And we know the story in the parable. The bridegroom came, and they were searching and scrambling for oil in their lamps, and they went to borrow oil from the, the wise, and they said, no, go buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they were, they were left behind. At the end of that parable in Matthew 25, Jesus said, What I say unto you, I say unto all, watch, for you don't know the day or the hour when the Lord comes back. So I believe that's a, a call and a warning to uh, live our Christian lives in a state of watchfulness. Living holy lives. The oil in the lamp refers to the Holy Spirit and living lives that are right with God and living lives that are holy and living, living lives that are uh, connected to God, watching, watching uh, what's going on in the world and, and uh, some of the things that we see, some of the, the signs that we see in the world. I believe that, that has to do with watching as well. A lot of voices we, we hear today, but the Christian as we see all of these things taking shape, I believe it is a call for all of us to watch and be ready. We are looking forward to the time when Christ comes. We are looking forward to that time. We're preparing our hearts for that time. And we're watching. We're, we're seeing these signs happen. And I believe it can be a time of rejoicing for the Christian because we are looking forward to that and we're preparing our hearts. We're not to be like the the foolish who have fallen asleep and have not uh, got oil for their lamps. So watch for the Lord's return. Jesus is coming, and he's coming for a church that's pure and holy. 
And then uh, I think the last one has to do with uh, watching for your souls. It says that in, in Hebrews 13, 17, obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. I think that applies to parents, teachers, and leaders. Uh, we're to watch for people's souls. Watch for our own souls, but I believe we're all accountable to one another. And we're to, to have this uh, connectedness in the church. And if we see someone going astray... It needs to be a burden that we carry as well. Not just leaders of the church, but uh, everyone together, I believe, watching for the souls of young people, the souls of children, and watching. It says there that we must give an account, and I'm not sure exactly how that all looks, but uh, possibly when we all gather together, around the throne room of heaven. I'm not sure what this means, if leaders are going to have to give an account for every person in the church or, or what that all is going to look like. But let's, let's watch for each other. That's the point I want to leave with all of you. Let's watch for each other. Let's not grow cold and weary uh, in well-doing, but let's watch for souls and do everything we can to influence souls for God. Paul said this. He had a, a commitment to watching. He said, therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. That's a commitment. I believe Paul meant that when he said it. He ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. So if you see someone going astray, if you see someone that's casual to church life, if you see someone that's just not got too much spark under their feet, if you see someone that's, that's just worldly and going, they just don't have a spiritual life that you see flowing out of them, I believe it's our duty to just watch and go up to a brother and say, look, I'm praying for you. What can I do to, to help you in your way? And let's come alongside of each other because that's really the most important thing is to, to see everyone spiritually thriving. It's the most important part of your life. We want to do well at work. We want to do well in our families and we want to do well in a, in a lot of areas in our life. We want to do well when we're playing sports and, and, and all of that needs to be in its place. We want to do well in a lot of areas, but this one here, I want to see everyone do well. I want to see everyone saying, look, let's move forward. I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. I don't want worldliness in my life. I don't want to be worldly. I don't want to be cold. I don't want to be prayerless. I don't want to be someone that's, that's just falling away from God. I want to move forward and, and get around each other and, and do whatever it takes. You can ask the question, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you?
So in conclusion, I want to encourage everyone with this uh, call to watchful prayer in Ephesians chapter 6, part of the armor of God, put it all on, put on the armor of God, take another step deeper and, and go a little further with God, start a prayer journal if you don't have one, it helps you, sit down, find a place, and just just cultivate a prayer life that is is vibrant, active, and uh, God will bless you for that. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the challenging scriptures we had this morning on being sincere and real in Sunday school, not uh, saying one thing and doing another. Pray for the church at Myerstown. I pray that the communities around here would know that the Christians here are sincere. There's a visible church here. There's a visible church that is active and alive and speaking for the Lord and making a difference in this community. I pray that you would help us to see the importance of prayer, watchful prayer. And wherever we're at in this, just pray that we could move forward and all of us together can grow in this area. Bless uh, the missionaries on the field. Just pray that uh, the word of God could go forward into all the world before the end of time. And just bless all the missionaries and young families, children, just Give all the children a desire for God. Pray that from this church there would be children in a young generation that preaches the word of God and stands on truth. It's free from worldliness. Lord, I pray that you would comfort those that are hurting and the sick, the Hearst family and those that have experienced uh, loss. I, I just pray that you would comfort as only you can. Bless us together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.